Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, it's Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Join me on the flip because today we're going to be talking about some uh, things that I have been tracking with regards to what happens when we start to come back on the upswing out of this pandemic. So stick with me and process with me (laughs) as we talk about turning seeds into keys. I'll see you on the flip. Hey, you made it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now I'm going to go on and give you a warning. We're about to go traipsing through my mind. So it might take me a little bit to try to explain this concept. But if you stick with me, I promise you, I'm going to get you to get you to where wisdom is trying to get us all. So hang with me. So let me set this up right. Okay. Okay. So if you've been hanging with me, and even if you haven't, let me just tell you back in the latter part of last year, I started feeling the winds of change and wisdom was really impressing on me to talk about uh, the end of the cycle of order and what happens when order uh, passes over into chaos and how they are the same uh, energy, different sides of the coin or different sides of the pendulum or different sides, if you will, of the bell curve. But order goes into stagnation and then it moves into death or disorder. And at that point, at that bottom swing, if you look at, you know, a S and uh, or a wave when you're going down, Uh, in order where things start to slow down, they become stagnant, stale, the same old, same old. Um, That's when you start moving into chaos. And so we talked about chaos. We talked about embracing it. We talked about what happens and why uh, we shouldn't fear it, why we should embrace it, because chaos is like the answer to a prayer when you need new life, rebirth and newness and blessing and all of that. But it doesn't feel good on the front. So, yeah, we talked about that in many different iterations and many different ways on a lot of different podcasts. And then lo and behold, here come Miss Rona. And we did not know that, oh, okay, so chaos is going to show up like this with a pandemic. (laughs) Yes. And so uh, going on two plus months of life being altered and changed uh, like we've not known in our lifetimes, we have found that chaos, this is what chaos does. When we talk about chaos being messy, uh, dangerous, disorderly, destructive, yeah, that's what it feels like. Because I will tell you, if you own a business 
And you can't do business as you're used to doing it after two weeks, let alone two months. Your business is totally going to have to become new. It's like you're starting over. I heard someone actually say that for those people who are thinking that businesses will just go back and reopen as if nothing happened, they've never had a business. And I was like, amening and all of that kind of stuff because it is the truth. It really is. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, so this is chaos. But then I was having my meditative time. And sometimes I'll tell you, sometimes I feel like wisdom. Oh my gosh, what 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 are you doing? I, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, because I almost feel like whenever I better take to have my time with wisdom. I'm seeing through a kaleidoscope. And, uh, you know, when you have a, a kaleidoscope and you look through it and you to- you turn the little wheel, it's never the same picture. It's beautiful. Each one, each iteration is beautiful, but it's never the same. It's moving into all of these different shapes. And that's quite how I'm feeling right now. Uh, yet, <laughs> yet and again, uh, it has been where I feel like a new shift is happening. Well, I can't speak for the world, but I'll say in my neck of the woods in the United States, I, I when I tap into wisdom by faith and trusting and, you know, she hasn't been leading me wrong yet. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're at that moment, you guys, where the phoenix. So when I talk about chaos and I talk about the phoenix rising out of the ashes, that's where after chaos has had its major destruction, the fires and the judgment and all of those kinds of things that happen and it, everything is burnt to a, to a dusty crisp of ash, that's where you start to get that new life of this phoenix starting to get new breath into the body and preparing to be able to rise up. And right now, when I'm looking at what's going on, I am. I'm seeing some things that I was like, I don't know how I didn't see this before. But I'm I'm noticing that as we're looking at the winds of change and all of the things that are happening and how destruction is coming through and burning away all of that that didn't have uh, that didn't uh, have a, a need or a reason to linger. It's revealing a purification. And a purification doesn't mean purity in what you think it does. It means that it cleanses out the weak stuff. So it doesn't mean that someone is innocent or, or something is innocent. It just simply means that a lot of the impurities have been removed so that you're working with a, a, a more homogenous mass of something. And when I was looking at that, I was like, Okay, a homogenous mass of something that is uh, of the purest quality as the fires burn away and purify it. What is that? And the phoenix, I realized, is the seed of potential of what can happen. And once the birth or the planting of that seed happens, that's when the phoenix is able to rise up out of the ashes, not before. So just because there is a phoenix and just because there are ashes does not mean that that phoenix is going to rise up. No, that phoenix is only going to take flight once that purification has happened and there has been a concentration of this new life. And for the sake and purposes of today, we're going to call this concentration seed, S-E-E-D. 
Okay. And so that's why today we're going to be talking about turning your seeds into keys. So stick with me. I promise it's going to make sense. Okay. So we find ourselves at this precipice of where we've got all this ash and life as we know it has been burned to a crisp. And let's face it, a lot of people, when you get the 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 go back, some of you who thought you had income and a job, you're not going to have that. And that's the unfortunately of life. Remember, we did a podcast about what to do when you get the unfortunately's of life. For some people, they're going to have to do things that they used to take for granted. Yes, there will be companies hiring again, but you're not going to be able to just walk in and say, I'm here, I'm ready to work. You're going to have to go through a hiring process again or in a new area because this is what's hiring, this is what's available, and this is the way I'm going to make my livelihood. There are a lot of people that I'm, I'm hoping that it catches up, that they are going to understand that this is a new day and in a new way. So, as I am, you know, just meditating, I want you guys to know that a lot of times wisdom really makes me work for this stuff. So sometimes I'll get like an insight for something that happened. But then sometimes like today, I had to really uh, work for this and study. And it wasn't just today. I, I did yesterday as well. Um, and what I did was is I went back over my notes because there are, to me, there are three different points in modernity that smack of something similar uh, in the U.S. where I am. That's uh, for right now, World War I, the Great Depression, and World War II, okay? And when I talk about globally, now, if I'm looking at, you know, my life and, and, and people in my group, I have a few others that I look at and I push them back a little bit. I push them back to like 1865. Um, I put uh, for the emancipation of the enslaved. And I also look at the civil rights of the 1960s and a few other things. But for, for what we're talking about, I'm going to go with these three. And the reason why I like to look at these is because, do y'all realize astrologically, we have the same astrological setup right now that we did when the uh, uh, Great Depression hit? Yeah, we actually do. And I remember when people were talking about it at the end of last year that uh, the stars, if you will, and planets were going to align. And the last time we saw these stars and planets align, we had the Great Depression. And everybody was like, well, hopefully it won't be the same. But oh my goodness, <laughs> it's not the same. But uh, Rona, oh yes, yeah, she is taking her time and to make sure we get the message. So I digress. Let me get back on track. So looking at uh, the, the war at the beginning of the 19th century, as well as a pandemic that happened. So you've got this war happening from 1914 to 1918. And then right when you think it's safe to come out, it's their version of JAWS, where then you get uh, the influenza pandemic of 1918 and 1919 that wipes out millions of people around the world. And the thing that 
happened after that? Because I'm looking at aftershocks, aftermath, side effects, and the like. We then started to have an explosion, an explosion in many different ways. The Industrial Revolution is becomes full swing. This is where we start to look at our physical labor. And in the time between uh, 1918 and 1940, those 21 plus years, which constitutes about a generation, we had explosive growth where we went from uh, horseback, if you will, the way you went to battle and fought on horseback to where we were doing atomic bombs. And I'm like, that is crazy. And if you really want to look at it, it really kind of like tightly compacted into six years around uh, the Second World War in the 1940s. But we're not there yet. So I'm giving you all this little history so you'll understand when I talk about seeds and the keys, what this means. So after World War One and the pandemic there became these barons. Now they were always working, but it was it, it's it's weird that if you go back and you look at the lives of Rockefeller, Carnegie, Mellon, uh, Morgan, um, Hutton, and all of these financiers and uh, uh, titans of industry, they really took off during this time. And Rockefeller is on record as saying, when there is blood in the streets, even if it's your own blood, you, that's when you go in. That, and he called it investing. But what he was talking about was he was talking about his having seed. So uh, you see it reiterated. Even, even in today's world, you see your Warren Buffetts and those types of people talking about the same, that when the world is rejoicing because of abundance, you live in austerity. And when the world is cringing from austerity and from lack, that's when you abundantly invest and do. Uh, it's kind of like you're being counter to. And so wisdom is showing that that in this regard, is what happens when you have these great purifications where the phoenix starts to come forth. You must start procuring your seed. And I was like, okay. So I looked at that time uh, and then uh, looking at uh, the Great Depression. So in the 1930s and 40s and all of that, we had another wave of people who were able to um, have seed and be ready to come forward. And that was the entertainment industry. Now, it seems weird to me (laughs) that you have people who are now coming over from the old world. So you've got World War I, um, it's decimated. People are like, okay, Europe is crowded. We need new opportunities. They start coming to Ellis Island, coming to the new world. And they don't necessarily have a lot of money, but what they do have is a lot of strong community because they would come in and they would get into their little communities in uh, New, new York, New Jersey and help each other. And they had tenacious confidence in what they could do in this new world because the sky was the limit. This was the land of opportunity of milk and honey and they made it. And so in the 19, 
actually kind of started around the 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 same time as the robber barons were peaking. So you've got your robber barons peaking in the um, 1910s and 20s. And then the next wave after the Great Depression, you start having your entertainment tycoons and moguls peaking where Hollywood is really taking over and taking off. And it is because they all had those seeds that were needed at that time, whenever there is a great contraction and there is uh, the destruction of chaos, when that new birth, that concentration of opportunity is there, you must have your tribute, which is your seed to fulfill um, the requirement of the opportunity that is there. And so, in uh, 40 to 45, the same thing started to happen, where now, instead of uh, it being just entertainment, this is now the time when we start moving from just industry and, and, and products into technology. So from 1945 to 1980, we moved from the bomb, we moved to space to space wars, to computing and technology and internet and all of these things. And so over and over again, you can see how each time there was this great sadness, it produced these catapults of uh, uh, of advancement. And those who had proper seed were the ones who were able to take advantage of it. But it wasn't just so that you could have, you know, that you needed to have seed. You also needed to plant the seed in a way where it would turn into a key that would unlock the next level for you. So let me just talk about uh, the way the circuitous route (laughs) that I took, you know, to try to understand what wisdom was trying to show me about these historical events. And I'm not trying to say that this is exactly what's going to happen now. I'm just going back and looking at patterns to see when there were similar times and um, the opportunities that happened. Because whether you want to believe it or not, the sun will shine again. Good times will be had again. That's how we go through these cycles. There's nothing new under the sun. And people might think today, this is doomsday. The sky is falling. Nothing will ever be the same. And two years from now, you'll never think, how was I ever believing that life was going to just stop? Because it doesn't. It keeps going on and on. And when I thought about that, I was like, hmm, that sounds like a personification of a deatific element I'm very familiar with. And that's me just saying that that reminded me of the goddess Fortuna or Tyche. Fortuna is her name in uh, Roman Italian. Uh, In Greek, she's Tyche. And she is the goddess of fortune, fate, destiny, luck. And she's known as the Wheel of Fortune. Her last name, surname, if you will, you might have heard her as the goddess Automatia, where we get automatic from or atomic, where it is at her will, at her discretion, that might seem random of when someone gets a blessing and when someone doesn't, meaning that it's not necessarily because of any kind of deserving And it can be tied to the capricious nature, the fickle nature, if you will, 
of how fortune behaves. And I was like, hmm, because if you look at this, there were a lot of people who had seed and who were trying to make keys in each one of these things. But it also seemed like there was this random capricious nature of luck and fortune of being in the right place at the right time to make the right connections. And to this day, we cannot explain it. And so when you think of the goddess Fortuna or Taiki, uh, we think of luck. We think of all of the stuff that we can't necessarily scientifically give rationale to. And so she's always, you know, kind of involved in this. And when I was looking at the history, looking at what this feels like, the phoenix coming out, if you've ever um, looked at depictions of judgment of uh, Fortuna, because she's she's also um, depicted, if you will, as the will of fortune, but she looks like justice and she looks like judgment. And in some cases, the uh, she reminds us, and the reason why we say justice is because she is sometimes bl- sometimes blindfolded. But whereas justice holds the scales of balance, meaning that she's impartial, Fortuna don't never hold nobody's scales. All she holds is either a cornucopia, the horn of plenty, meaning that she bestows good luck on you, or she has a ship's rudder. In one hand, meaning that she guides your life, meaning destiny or fate. And then sometimes she's got this little fat baby called Plutos, which is uh, wealth, baby wealth, Jupiter, Jupiter, Jesus, Zeus, all of those, same thing, okay? So I don't want to digress because there are a few things I need to get to because I ain't even talked about these keys yet. But what I would like to say is, is that When you have times like this where there is a great contraction of uh, business as usual, there, after everything settles, after the destruction and stuff happens, remember, if you will, that there are cycles and uh, order leads into chaos, chaos leads into new birth, new birth leads into order, order leads into chaos, chaos leads into new birth, and so on and so on, it continues to go. And so now we are finding ourselves where we're at new birth. But the thing about new birth, there's usually, like I said, that purification, that burning away to get down to the purity and a concentration of that and what is required when you have that time, if you're going to make the most of it, is some type of seed. Now, in our world, what I looked for, and I could be totally wrong about this, this is just my opinion and how I believe wisdom is leading me right now, uh, was to look at what is the one thing that seems to have been constricted. And that was people's livelihoods, their incomes. So, but like if I go back and I look at what was happening after World War One, what was the constriction there? Yeah, it was money, but it was different because we, most people didn't work for a company. That was not really a big thing. Uh, Most people were constricted from finding their personal family fortunes because most people worked on either farms or mercantile or little vendors. And so the majority of our world, they were responsible for eking out their own living 
by having their own little mini business, their family business. And so that is how these, these, as they call them, robber barons started coming up and then they gave rise to corporations. So then when I looked at Great Depression, after you've got all of these, you know, periphery uh, people trying to, you know, come up with the money and stuff, after the Great Depression, opportunity was what was lacking. Everybody felt the the doldrums of lack of opportunity to change their lot. And so when you have um, that kind of thing, people needed opportunity and they needed a way to uh, move past the doldrums. And that's why the entertainment industry came up. Then after World War II, when you come back, people had uh, this, this feel of invincibility. And so the opportunity or the seed of what was available there was to push forward and to reignite that manifest destiny, if you will, to go to the next frontier. And therefore, you get your space cowboys, you get your technology computing. And we move from the age of industry into the age of technology. And so now we come almost full circle. And it's like, what is the suppression now? And the suppression now is a faltering economy. People who are used to getting incomes from institutions that may or may not be there when we emerge. And so what is being birthed now? And because everything is random and if if fortune be true, she could go any kind of way she wants to. But what I looked at was the, the new ways of being able to have a livelihood. And I started seeing something um, in, in, in the papers and the articles and everything like that. And that is that we're moving, I believe, into an age where what you receive should not be income anymore. It should be, and I actually did a podcast about this, it should be earnings. Uh, meaning that you can have income, but income better not be the majority of how you receive earnings into your life because income and earnings are now going to be your new seed. And when you use your seed, if you will, your seed is how you plant your fields of harvest to be able to have wealth, prosperity, abundance, and health. And that comes by way of you being able to have the right seed to unlock or change that seed when it starts to grow into a key that will help you to unlock the next level. Uh, the way I came about this was I was looking at, um, uh, I told you guys I've been reading a lot of finance and history of banking and the like, and there has been a lot that's been coming up. And that is this, I had this epiphany and you might've already known it, but for me, this is new. I finally realized that this is nothing new, but it was new to me that guess what? Income does not equal wealth. No. Income is simply one of the components that you can put together to make the seed that gives you the harvest to get the key to unlock wealth. Income does not equal wealth. Uh, Income is for you to have a seed that will give you wealth. 
And the reason why we know that income does not equal wealth is because if you take uh, your income and take for, you know, your basic needs, if you will, don't live high on the hog, and you are able to gather uh, investment funds or funds to start a business or funds to buy real estate or land or whatever, that piece of monies that you use as a seed will go into these investments and these holdings and these businesses. And then the businesses will hopefully, if you run them right, will start to produce enough monies for you to unlock wealth. And so uh, there's this this concept of the tipping point when it comes to money uh, or the flip over point. And there comes a time when if you have used your seed well, instead of just trying to make enough income for it to equal wealth, you will come to a point where your investments, your holdings, and your businesses are going to make more money on their own than you ever could by working for income. And when you get to that point, you no longer have to work to get an income. You can continue to work for seed if you'd like, but those entities become the workhorses where they outpace you because money begets more money exponentially, whereas income can only be begotten uh, at a slower rate. Even if you're getting income from, you know, having other workers or whatever. That's why most people talk about investments and uh, having businesses and tangibles and making things. And so as I was looking at where we are now and, and the, the corner we're about to turn in this phoenix that's about to rise, more and more people are going to have to realize that you can't count on traditional income anymore. You're going to have to find a way that anything you get as income, you're going to have to think thrice at minimum three different ways of how you can ink out even just a little bit of it to become a seed. No longer can what you receive in go back out for your living expenses. You're going to have to figure out how to parcel off some of this to to gather it up so that it becomes part of the seed you need to plant so that you can turn what you have into the key to unlock the next level, because the next level is going to be, I believe, a society and an economy that has little to do with people who are still looking for others to shoulder the responsibility of giving them an income. Like I said, it's almost going to be full circle. And so your seed gets planted in this opportunity time so that it can become a key to unlock the wealth levels of health, yes, health, wealth, prosperity, and abundance. And so I I don't have a, I'm not a soothsayer. I don't have a crystal ball. All I'm doing is looking at what wisdom has me paying attention to, looking at uh, past patterns and trying to figure in randomness, Fortuna be her name, to have a pretty good indicator of how we need to start changing our eyes and our our perceptions to see more clearly what we need to see. Now, I would love to speak more on this because there's a lot I didn't even cover, 
But y'all know it. My time is up and I thank you for yours. So this has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess Wisdom. I hope this made sense and it triggered you to, to look into it a little bit more. Don't forget, you can check the show notes to learn how to support the, the podcast. And guess what? I am going to have to see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful one. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.